Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Co-Sleeping. I'm Amanda. And I'm Adriana. And today we're talking all about body positivity and self-confidence. Body positivity refers to the assertion that all people deserve to have a positive body image regardless of how society and pop culture view ideal shape, size, or appearance. As women, we've been conditioned to believe that on a subconscious level, our worth is directly linked to our appearance. And this can become really complicated by the changes we face and notice in ourselves postpartum and the unrealistic pressures surrounding a bounce back that are set in front of us. Bounce back can also be so much more than just losing weight, which in and of itself is such a daunting challenge. There's this unspoken timeline that society deems appropriate for you to start looking like you have it all together again. But did we ever really have it all together to begin with? And why does this pressure solely exist for women? Amanda and I are here to sort of unpack all of this today. I'm trying to unpack everything you just said. That was a lot. I definitely want to kick back kind of to where it all began in pregnancy. I know you and I had very, very different experiences being pregnant. For me, I feel like, again, media has always shown that when people become pregnant, that they're glowing and their hair grows and their skin looks so great. And that was one of my first telltale signs that I was pregnant was that my hair was drier than usual. It was thinning. It was falling out. And my my skin was just so thirsty. And I remember looking in the mirror and it was like, I look like a ghost of myself. Like I just, I didn't recognize who I was looking at. And it wasn't that I was like, oh my gosh, I feel ugly. I'm not pretty. It was just, I felt so drained. And I think a lot of that came from having morning sickness. My body was actually really drained. To Amanda's point that we had journeys that looked a little differently through pregnancy, some of my biggest insecurities about my own body, my self-image, were actually kind of resolved through pregnancy. I'm really tall and a little on, I guess you'd call it the lankier side, but I, in pregnancy, filled out. I had an ass. My breasts were just enormous towards the end. I had that pregnancy glow. My Mm -hmm. skin was just the best it's ever been. I've struggled with rough skin in the past too. My hair, everything. I just felt truly sexy and confident while I was pregnant. There's not a thing I would have changed about myself when I looked in the mirror. And I do wonder how much of that is contributed to the gender of our babies because I know there's a lot of wives tales. My regional manager, I remember I just found out I was pregnant and she looked at me and she was like, you look like shit. Are you pregnant? I think I had just found out and I was like, no. Who says that to somebody? And then later when I told her I was, she was like, you're definitely having a girl because she stole your beauty. I was like, that is really harsh, but don't know that it's true, yeah. but I have heard that. We'll put a poll up on Instagram and we'll have to see. Yeah, I never had that pregnancy glow. I think people around me said that I did, which was, I guess, great to hear. No matter what anyone says, if you don't personally feel that way, then that's just not going to happen for you. I did like, though, in the beginning, I'm super petite, kind of filling out. So having a bigger butt and bigger boobs, it was nice for a while because from the behind, you couldn't tell I was pregnant. And then I would turn around, people would be like, oh, wow. I felt I had less of a little kid's body and was kind of having more of a woman's body. Part of that was because I have wanted to be a mother and have a child since I was like a teenager. So I was like, this is something, you know, I've always wanted. And I felt this was my ultimate purpose and intention. So I felt beautifully like emotionally in that way. But I guess physically what I saw in the mirror, I was like, "Ooh, this is not me. And I felt so much pressure. Like I love sweets, but I've just always kept like a pretty balanced diet. 
So people would always tell me like, you need to splurge, eat whatever you want, you're pregnant. Really for me, it wasn't an excuse to be unhealthy. And I did splurge and did eat stuff, but I was always so conscious of overeating or overindulging because I always heard, you know, eat whatever you want. You're tiny. You're going to bounce back. Look at your sister. Look at your mom. You're going to breastfeed. And I'm like, not only are you spewing so many lies, but also so much negative perception of myself. And these could be strangers. And I was like, oh God, I still feel this need to bounce back for that patient at work who said I'm so small. I read somewhere years ago that it took our bodies 40 weeks to grow a baby and to have our bodies be that certain way. Why are we expecting it to only take six to 12 weeks to go back to what it was? Exactly. And I think that the pregnancy versus postpartum physical crash for me, not just hormonally and Mm -hmm. in all the ways that we could do an entire episode on, but for me, I mean, it was pretty quick that that glow, that feeling, all of that was just... I mean, gone. My skin was the worst it's been in a long time. I lost so much hair. I know we all hear about the postpartum hair loss and we all may or may not struggle with it to different degrees, but my hairline was receding at like the four month mark. I actually thought I was in the clear. I knew nothing about timelines when it came to that. So I was like, Ooh, yep. Okay. I'm good. Four or five months later, I started losing hair at the front of my head. So my hairline actually receded. It wasn't even like it got thinner. I was balding in the front. It was so tough. And one of the silver linings of all of these physical changes was that we were in the midst of COVID. So I wasn't going anywhere. It was the dead of winter. But even just looking in the mirror, it was tough. I felt like I had lost me. I I felt like I wasn't looking at the me that I had known for 33 years. This big shift between that pregnancy confidence and glow and all of those positive feelings I associated with myself and my body versus the postpartum crash, that was my first real lesson in embracing the ups and downs of motherhood and what that can mean for us as women, not just us as moms. And part of me actually now hearing you say that is actually grateful that I didn't have the luscious locks and the glowy skin because postpartum I would have lost it all. And I feel like dealing with the hormonal imbalances that comes with postpartum, then to have all of these physical changes, that would have been really hard. I mean, I lost a lot of hair postpartum, but I was also losing it all throughout my pregnancy. So I don't know if there was ever a time that I was like, this is getting worse. It just kind of always continued for me. So it became a new normal. I'm trying to think now of some of the ways in which my body has changed the most that I've really had to work around accepting. What are some of the ways that your body has changed been the toughest for you to get used to or accept? In a physical sense, I really struggled with my legs while I was pregnant. My legs got really swollen. For somebody who's as petite as I am, I do have bigger thighs. So mine got even bigger while pregnant. And then I got really bad varicose veins and like bruising in my legs. And a lot of that has actually stayed. So that physical part of it, that had been a big insecurity. But I would say my body no longer feeling like it belonged to me. While I was pregnant and you're literally growing a human, I loved that feeling that felt like my body was, it was so much bigger than myself. Even though I've kept Carried my daughter for nine months, gave birth. My mind is still blown by the process, but then my body sometimes no longer feels like it's mine. And I've been breastfeeding for three and a half years. So that's where that definitely comes into play. I can relate to that too. I've only been breastfeeding for almost a year and a half. Please do not only say only, you have been breastfeeding for a year and a half. That is a hell of an accomplishment. Do not, whether it's been two weeks, two years, I don't want anyone ever selling themselves. There I go doing what we do sometimes as moms, which is comparing. And here I am saying, you know, only one and a half years versus your three years. And it's the things that we say about into ourselves that we would never say to another mom, right? If another mom told me she'd been breastfeeding for a year and a half, I would never say only a year and a half. 
enough. So thank you, Amanda. I would agree that my body very much feels like it's my son's right now. Bed share, I'm breastfeeding, I'm with him all day, I'm with him all night. And the things that I used to do with my body in many ways, I'm either not able to anymore, or I don't want to, or I don't have the capacity to. So there have been so many changes that I've had to navigate, but I've had the space to do that on my own timeline because I don't have a partner. In that, there is the freedom to take as much time as I need to not take another person's feelings into account. And I know that's something that, at least for myself, would add sort of some complexities or an added layer to my new relationship with not only my body, but with myself, because we change in so many ways through motherhood, not just physically. So the partnership piece is something that I haven't had to navigate. And I do oftentimes wonder how that would have been for me postpartum. That's such a great point. That's definitely where we differ too, because I have, you know, obviously my husband, I don't want to say I never kind of consider his thoughts on what he thinks of my appearance, because he does a really great job of complimenting. But I always think back, like we've been together so long, we got married at 19 and 21. I do not look the same, act the same. I am not the same person I was at 19. Thank God, because Facebook memories will haunt me with who I was at 18, 19 years old. So I feel like because we've been together for so long, like our bodies, our looks, our views on things, we've changed so much. If it continues to change in any other way, I don't see him wavering on how he feels. And, you know, having our daughter brought us so much closer. So I feel like he's almost, and he said it has found me more beautiful. I don't want my appearance to be based off of what he thinks. And I'm so conscious of how I speak about my body in front of my daughter because I don't want her to feel like she needs to be validated by a partner. Because I ask my husband a lot, like, does this look better tucked in? Does this look okay? And I don't want her to feel like if Dada says like that doesn't look good, mama goes and changes. Like he doesn't hold that power. I just really respect his opinion. I love that you said that. That's such a great point. You saying that my body doesn't feel like it's mine right now and that makes me feel less attractive. You don't need to have a partner for mm-hmm. that statement to still be just as valid. I think if I had a partner, I would feel some added pressure and a harder time disconnecting the fact that my body is Aiden's versus the fact that I want to share my body with my partner in this sexual way. I'd have a much harder time separating the two. But because I yes. don't have to right now, I'm a little more comfortable with my body not wholly belonging to me. I guess in the sexual sense, yes, thinking of it that way, it can be very difficult to shut off that my body is nourishing a human, but it's also not just for that. So yeah, in that sense, that can be kind of difficult. And I know we have an upcoming episode where we talk about intimacy postpartum. My breasts, for example, as a 30-year-old female, my breasts have always been sexualized. Like I've done it the media has done it. And then having my daughter, like I no longer look at my breasts as sexual objects. Like they're now a food source. They're a source of comfort, of nourishment. That whole mind flip has been a little difficult to turn off one part and turn on the other. It's funny you say that mind flip. That makes me think before I had Aiden, the thing I was most worried about because of the fact that our breasts are so sexualized and Mm -hmm. we sexualize them ourselves and we use them in a sexual capacity, most of us. I was really worried about how does that switch? When does it go off when you have your baby? I was a little in my head about that in regards Mm -hmm. to breastfeeding. You reached out to me about that because I had been breastfeeding for over a year when Aiden was born and you had asked about that. And I remember thinking like, I wonder, did I think the same thing? I did. And then once you're in it, you're like, oh, 
okay, this makes sense. In terms of that switch flipping, for me, that was really innate. That was so much more natural than I ever would have thought it would have been. So my fears around that or my concerns around that were completely laid to rest. As soon as my son was on my breast after I gave birth to him, it was all about he and I and that relationship. And I think the only concerns that I then had were my milk supply and navigating breastfeeding and all of the things that come with that because that was a lot trickier for me than I thought it would be. But I have been so grateful to have that relationship with him. I really hope to be able to continue for as long as he needs me to. Um, so I wouldn't change a thing, but I would be lying if I didn't say that my breasts have changed quite a bit in ways that have actually been pretty difficult for me to accept. I would say that the one thing that has helped me accept and love my breasts, not in the same way that I used to, <laughs> but I'm working on that, is reframing what they've been able to do since I've had my son. Not just nourish him, but the bond that's been created for he and I and the way that he needs me right now is so special. But I appreciate them in an entirely new way and that's okay. It's okay that my relationship with my breasts has changed right now. I actually struggle to think about what that will look like in the future. Will that switch be flipped again? And will I be able to view them in a sexual capacity because they were a part of what made me feel sexy? So you're saying before Aiden was born, that was something that made you feel sexy. So what now, now that you're a mom, what is something that now makes you feel sexy? Oh, it's funny. You know, the word sexy is still, it's still tricky for me right now. What made me feel sexy in the past were definitely exterior type things. You know, I always enjoyed taking care in my appearance, not just because of societal pressures and what we see in the media. That can certainly affect us, but I've always enjoyed experimenting with makeup and my hair and my look. And I really enjoy showing up in the world looking a certain way. You know, when I'm able to take that time to take care of me a bit, I definitely can feel uh, my confidence shining through a bit more. That's just always been the case for me personally. There's been such a departure from those physical aspects and things that I used to attach value to. A big part of that is attributed to the shifts that we experience in motherhood. So for me right now, what gives me confidence and what makes me feel good or what might even make me feel a little sexy are those times that I make a decision or I make a choice or I am not second guessing myself throughout the day and I'm moving through a day confidently or still being intentional and practicing patience or as much patience as I might have on any ordinary day on those really tough days. Showing up as the parent that I want for my son on the tough days that can feel really powerful too. And I almost think that using the word sexy probably isn't even the proper term because me personally, when I hear that word, I go right to appearance, whereas I like the word confident. I know what makes me feel more confident going to work and just killing it at work, having people from different departments come and ask me these questions or, hey, I need help with this, hearing positive feedback from patients, just being in my scrubs. It kind of gives me that, what you're saying, kind of just like, hey, I can tackle this, that feeling to me. It's not appearance-based because I barely wear makeup at work. I have my hair pulled back, you know, have now a mask on and I'm unrecognizable almost, but knowing that I'm needed in a sense, outside of being a mom and wife, that's really powerful because I know I'm needed at home. I know I'm valued at home. I know the work I do here is important, but knowing that I can do something outside of that as well, that's 
That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. For me, trying new things with Aiden, it could go horribly. But the fact that I was able to step out with him and try this new thing, he and I, and be open to it, I feel more confident since I've had Aiden. There have definitely been some things that are looking a bit different these days, but it bothers me far less than it ever would have before I had my son. And that's just been because of the perspective shift and change that becoming his mom has given me. I love that you say when you go out and do things solo with him and it's just you and him enjoying the day, trying a new activity, because I really felt that back over the summer, Kennedy and I drove from Maryland to New Hampshire alone. It was 12 and a half hours. It was a trip that we had planned and my husband had to leave unexpectedly for work. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. Why can't I do this? And we did it and couldn't have pictured it going a better way, which is shocking because that never happens. And I know we'll do a whole episode on traveling. That gave me so much confidence. I felt so great. And I'm thinking like, that's your every day. You're not planning your days or schedules around waiting for other people to be able to do things. So you going out and doing those things, me having like a glimpse of that, it, it felt really great. When I think about the future, possible relationships, you know, you would think that the odds are a bit stacked against me. I'm previously married and separated very shortly after, mother to a little boy, completely solo parent, definitely older than I was when I started that relationship or when I was in my 20s in general. You would think that these things could hold some weight in attributing to a person feeling less attractive. But actually, I really, really believe that years down the line, if a relationship were to present itself, that person would be getting the best version of me. This is the hardest I've ever worked on me in therapy, just through doing this with you and learning so much about being a mom. And I feel the most positively about myself than I ever have. And for that reason, I truly believe that whoever winds up in my path in the future will be receiving just the best version of me. And I can also attribute a big part of that to my son. He's made me a better person. He's made me feel better about me. He's made me want to do work on me for myself and for him and to actually feel the worthiness of that. He's been a big part of my healing journey. I do feel the most attractive I've ever felt. And a big part of that has been finding my voice and feeling more comfortable in my own skin. I'm just trying to soak all of that in because I love all of what you just said. And I know if there's any single parents that are out there listening, I feel like a lot of them may feel very differently. I mean, I was raised by a single mom and so many single parents almost feel like all of these things that you listed that's, you know, having the odds against you that it's some type of baggage. You shifting that into a positive perspective is really something so beautiful because that's hard to do, to shift what may be deemed as negative as actually this is what's making me a better person and one day a better partner. The start of that for me was actually something that you had said early on after my partner had left. You had said, you know what? That person wasn't meant to be your husband, but Aiden was meant to be your son. That entirely encapsulates everything that I feel. So why not focus on that? This baby boy, I was meant to be his mom, his, like specifically this child's mom. That's what I hold on to. And that's why I'm able to shift my perspective. And I remember, oh God, I'm, I'm already crying here. I remember saying that to you very early on. And I, I never honestly, until this moment, knew that those words held so much weight. But I cannot take credit for anything that you have done over the past 18 months. 
I want to go back. Sorry, now I'm having I'm having a hard time pivoting. I'm so um, emotional now. I want to kind of talk a little bit where we are on social media. I guess I'm a bit more influential than I thought, but the things that we do and say can impact others. And I want to be conscious of even on like my own personal Instagram and social media, what I'm putting out there. I remember I watched Selling Sunset on Netflix and one of the women on the show had a baby and literally was out selling houses like 10 days after her C-section with full makeup. Up, full hair. And I'm sure she has a whole team that's coming in and doing that. But I'm like, if I was, you know, binge watching this on maternity leave, what a shot this would be to my self esteem that she's out there doing this. And I don't think I've brushed my hair today. <laughs> Most days, I still don't even remember if I brush my hair. So that societal pressure of the mm-hmm. bounce back and it being so much more than just our looks, right? It's like you're mm-hmm. expected to show up in the world in a certain way. And we think that this postpartum period is just the first three months or it's just your maternity leave, however long that may be. There's this pressure that we're supposed to bounce back and there's this societally deemed timeline around what that means. And it's definitely not a year or two. It looks more like six to 12 weeks is what we get. And if you're not looking, feeling, acting the way you did pre-baby, people assume that you're struggling. And that's a part of the problem. Maybe you are. And there shouldn't be this pressure cooker of a situation in which you feel the need to show up in the world a certain way so quickly after birthing a human. I remember when Kennedy was about eight, nine weeks old, we went up to Massachusetts for Christmas and everyone, oh my God, you look so great. You look so great. Me, when I'm looking at the picture, I'm like, that's not Amanda. Like, I don't look like myself. I actually just had this conversation at work and I showed everyone the picture and they're like, Amanda, you look exactly the same. But me looking at that, that wasn't me anymore. I just didn't feel like I looked like that. Not one person was like, wow, you're really blossoming in your motherhood or you're so responsive to Kennedy or wow, you put on that baby carrier like you've been doing it forever. Like all of those comments probably also wouldn't have held much weight to me, but everyone's saying like, wow, you look so good. You're skinny. Like, did you get your hair done? Like I knew you were going to bounce right back. And I'm like, why are we focusing so much on my physical appearance? What would happen if I didn't bounce right back? I mean, I was a disaster on that trip because I'm thinking, oh my God, there's so many people touching my baby. That person smokes. It was actually after that trip that I really found my voice as a mother that I was like, if I don't want somebody holding my baby, I'm saying no. If my baby starts crying, I'm taking them back. This power is mine. And it was really that trip that did that. I mean, I don't know why any of us focus so much on what celebrities do anyway, but I really do respect the celebrities and just the social media presence who are putting the realness out there. I know Amy Schumer, when she was just a couple weeks postpartum, she posted a picture of her in her hotel room hooked up to the breast pump in the diaper. And I'm like, thank you. That is what we all look like coming a week or two out. Like none of us are looking like we're ready to go on Selling Sunset in LA and sell a house. I really appreciate my work. I think it took like 13 weeks and I came back and I know the law states, they had to give me time to breastfeed. They had to give me a space to do it. But just because there's laws protecting these things doesn't mean they had to be nice about it. You know, I never felt like there was snarky comments about it, which is awful that as a new mom, I had to be worried Worried about Like, Am I going to feel comfortable, you know, pumping at work? Am I going to feel comfortable having to take that time? Are my coworkers going to be like, oh my God, is she even doing it? Or is she just in there to get a break? And there'd be times, you know, at my busiest times at work that my coworker would kind of hit me on the shoulder and be like, I got this next one. You know what you got to do. My manager the same way when I had to call out because we were struggling with childcare. Having that support from an unlikely place, those kind of things were really what mattered postpartum. To backtrack just for a moment, something that you had said when you were talking about that trip and that being the time where you started to find your voice as a mother 
that the power is completely within you to say, I'm not comfortable with this, or I'm not comfortable with that. That's another thing that's definitely boosted my confidence. Aiden's given me that power and has made me better about setting boundaries because they just feel so much more important. And then when I took a step back, I was like, well, they should have been just as important when they were just for me. He's given me the ability to find more worthiness within me for me, not just for him, but for myself as well. This morning, I said to my daughter, I was like, I really just need a few minutes to get myself together. And I wasn't going to shower. I was like, let me just do it. Let me take this five minutes. I'm just I'm feeling off. I didn't sleep great. Let me take this time. Then I look at photos after that trip and I'm like, oh, I can see it. I can see that in my eye, that little gleam in my eye that I got that confidence that trip. Because my daughter, she ended up getting sick and had RSV and had to be in the NICU after that. I mean, I'm not blaming anybody, but we went to a Christmas party and there was tons of people who I'm sure somebody there had a cold. She wasn't really like passed around. I was never about that. But there was people that I was like, I really, you know, I don't want that person holding her. I just want to hold her. And my sister was the one who was like, oh no, you just always say they just ate and they're spitting up. So I have to hold them. Or, oh no, they're about to nurse. She is a newborn. And then I would run upstairs because I'm like, oh God, my social anxiety. <laughs> and I remember everyone's like, oh my God, just nurse in public. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually like not nursing. I'm actually up there like holding her and on my phone because I'm mentally (laughs) exhausted right now. Like even this morning when I was telling Kennedy like, oh, I just need some time. I want to get ready. I wasn't like, I feel like crap because I don't want her to hear that stuff. I guess like a tip for when I'm feeling kind of low and something that I want to do to boost my confidence. And I've really done it since the beginning is I get myself ready before I get Kennedy ready for the day. I'll shower. I'll put a little bit of makeup on. I'll do my hair. I'll brush my teeth. I'll do all that while she's still in her pajamas and then I'll get her changed. So just kind of doing that, you know, you have to put your oxygen mask on before you put somebody else's on. Just having that first gives me a little, a little boost. I would agree. I think the days in which I'm able to get myself ready a bit and then tackle everything Mm -hmm. else, including getting Aiden ready, I definitely feel better. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we attribute, oh, well, if you like getting ready, then that means you're seeking external validation. And it's really not about that. It's about how I feel. We cannot leave the house. We can just be in the backyard. But if I know Mm -hmm. I spent a little bit of time on me, that makes me feel better. Then the next day, I'll literally go to Walmart and be worried that I'm going to end up on that like people of Walmart (laughs) website because of the way I look. I've never been super into like clothes and purses and makeup. That's just never really been my thing. I've cared more about the appearance of my house and home decor and those kind of things. But I feel like since having Kennedy, I really focus a lot more on not even like makeup and hair, but skincare. That was something I've recently gotten into that I'm like, oh, I can't fall asleep with my makeup on and then use a towel in the morning to wipe it off. You just turned 30. That's not going to cut it anymore. And just doing those little things to take care of myself. Like if it's been a really long day, and I'm not feeling great, and it's just like I'm burnt out, I'm touched out, I'm overwhelmed. After I put her down, I won't go downstairs right away. I'll just kind of lay in bed and I'll do like a face mask, something that I've never even bought pre-Kennedy. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm using this right. I don't even know if it's helping my skin, making my dry skin worse. But just laying there and doing that, not being on my phone. Sometimes I'll just put an AirPod in and listen to a podcast and just being in that space. Okay, that's what I need. It's just about taking time back for you something that's helped me is whether we like it or not, we're all scrolling social media a bit too much these days. Unfollowing Mm -hmm. accounts that were actually making me feel not so great. It doesn't have to be that someone said or did something offensive on their account. It could just be someone that is this unattainable standard of beauty that in this moment could really like the celebrity, could really like the person. It's not making me feel good. You can turn off Mm -hmm. notifications or you can unfollow. You can always refollow, but just protecting your space. At the end of the day, your social media 
media is your space. It's curated mm-hmm. for you. It's what you want to see. For that reason, choosing no thank you to the ones that don't make me feel great right now and gravitating to the things that give me a little bit of a boost, at least if I am scrolling a little more than I'd like to be, which definitely happens, I'm not being bombarded by these images of things that feel unattainable, that feel unrealistic, and that aren't making me feel better. And not even just to the beauty standard. I follow a lot of, again, back to like home decor and like Pinterest style board stuff on Instagram. If I'm like home a lot, I kind of get in my head about like these projects I want to do and things I want to try. And then I realize, hey, I don't have the time right now for this or like the ability to sometimes do these things. And then I'm scrolling and I see these Pinterest worthy homes and I'll unfollow that. I'll be like, you know what? No, like that's just stressing me out that their home looks like that and mine can't right now. Or even not that, you know, we're going to talk politics. Politics, but even if like there's some accounts that I've followed a few people that I had been chummy with, I guess like in high school, who always post politics stuff. And it could even be something that like I agree with. I just don't have the mental space for that right now. When I'm scrolling, I want to mindlessly scroll. I don't want to try to solve whatever is going on. Like I was like, I just have to unfollow. Of course, the state that the world is in now, seeing a lot of stuff, it's so triggering. And it cannot even be that topic. It can trigger something different inside of you. So I've unfollowed a lot, even like personal pages or celebrity pages. I've tried to follow less celebrities, less news and media. I just want to see the dog videos. Where are the dog videos and the military homecomings? Like I want to see those, except for if my husband's away, then I follow those because I'm like, that's not me right now. So I think it's so much more than just about the way we look. That's what I want this episode really to convey that your body positivity and your self-confidence doesn't have to be tied to the way that you look because you are so much more than your body. Your worth is not defined by Absolutely that. not. Because I know I can have my big old Coke bottle glasses on, hair wild. My daughter will be like, you're so pretty. You're so beautiful. Or if I put mascara on, she's like, I love your eyes. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but then when we go places, people compliment her like, oh, you're so beautiful. Your eyes are so beautiful. And so I try. I'm so conscious of the compliments I give her. And I'm trying to be better. But the compliments I give her a lot of the times aren't, wow, you're beautiful. I'll be like, I love the way your mind works. I love the way you solved that puzzle. Or she'll say something. Thing, and I'll be like, that's such a great idea. I can't even believe you just came up with that. You should be so proud of yourself. You and I have talked about how our shift and how we feel about ourselves and almost those like little off the cuff comments we make when we look in the mirror, like, oh my God, I look a hot mess today and things like that. Being really conscious of them when we're in front of our children, because the way mm-hmm. that we speak about ourselves We're our children's inner voice right now. They hear us Mm -hmm. when they're thinking and when they're learning and when they're trying to figure out where to place value. You know, I know that's a little more of a complex thing, but really not. From the very beginning, we're teaching them Mm -hmm. what's important, what's not important. My son, whoever he grows up to be, I just don't want him to be a person who places an unrealistic and an unhealthy amount of focus on physical appearance because that is so very much the least important thing about anyone. Yes, so much so. And as a mom of a girl who's one day going to be a teenage girl, and I was a teenage girl, and just knowing that we place so much power on the looks, and I don't want that to be what she strides for. I don't want her to look at some, like you said, some attainable goal, you know, and be like, that's what I want to look like, or that's what I want to be. And I don't want her to also feel like that's acceptable for her to ever comment on somebody else's body either. I'm hoping the comments that I give her about her mind and stuff, I want those to be the values that she looks for in a partner. I want those to be the values of the people she surrounds herself with. I just want her to be around people that are going to change the world and I hope she changes it. I mean, if it is because she's, you know, America's next top model and that's how she's going to change the world, that's great. But 
if it could be something, you know, a little less appearance based, that would be great. I'm sure modeling pays great and would, you know, set her up for success. Look at me. See, even tied to money, those things shouldn't matter either. I just want happiness. I even think back to like my childhood and that inner voice that I heard that was not so positive and that was really bogged down by a lot of my parents' mental health and their insecurities. I don't want that to go on her. And I think so much, you know, where our children's were their first relationship, where their first everything, you know, everything that we say is how they're going to perceive the world. The moments that we speak up, the moments that we sit down, everything we do, they're watching. I want her to learn something good for me. Hopefully all my good habits. How incredible would it be if we all held on to that childlike innocence when it comes to where you find joy or what you find interesting? Mm-hmm. Aiden doesn't give a shit if I look my worst, if I've showered in six days mm-hmm. or not, or if I've blown my hair out and have a full face of makeup, he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He places 0% value on what I'm wearing, how I look, how I smell. It just doesn't matter where he's exploring curiosity or finding joy or whatever it is that he's experiencing. None of it really has anything to do with my appearance. And he's a year mm-hmm. and a half old. I kind of wish that that's something we could take from our children is to just hold on to those things that in our purest forms our purest selves, the things that we found joyful and interesting, that they still were that to us today. I know I look at Kennedy so often and just that pure innocence that she has and that, you know, all children have. I want to hold on to that so much because they're so protected from everything. And I know we can't do that forever. We can't keep them in this little bubble. But I really think that our generation, us millennials, and really even the generation below us, Gen Z, that we are really raising children that are going to change this world and that are hopefully going to make it a bit of a kinder place and to bring that innocence back because I, I really think we could all better benefit from that. I don't think we could leave off on a better note, honestly. And I hope we've all left you with a little bit of something to think about in terms of ways that you can turn off the outside noise when you're thinking about your mm-hmm. yourself, your confidence and your body image postpartum. Yes, I encourage everyone now that you've listened to this episode, as soon as you end here, I want you to go look in the mirror and say five positive affirmations and don't have them be beauty based, have them be about your mind, about something great that you did and really look deep inside. Mm -hmm.